0: Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra, and I cannot believe that it is August right now. It's back to school season already. It's just about here, and it feels like the Women's College World Series just happened. And now a lot of those athletes are getting ready to go back to campus. But there is still some more summer softball left, and it's also my birthday month. So some positive vibes there. So some quick reminders for the show. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V. Believe in Softball is also on YouTube, so subscribe. The video is cool. Really cool how you get to see the guests the way that I do when we actually talk. All right, let's go through today's batting order. First, we'll cover our bases, give you some news and call-outs from around the softball world. Then we'll head into today's interview with Kamalani Dung. She has played at all the major levels and has such a cool story, actually multiple stories to share that are equally impressive and inspiring. And this is just part one, so stay tuned next week for part two. Then we'll end things with the foul tip of the week, tips to help us keep going and get better. All right, let's get started. Covering our bases. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And for college softball, where it finished in the circle, a huge accomplishment by Georgina Corrick who became or achieved the first-ever pitching triple crown in D1 softball history. 37 wins, 0.51 ERA, and 418 strikeouts on the season. Absolutely incredible, and she was undoubtedly the top finalist, one of them for the Collegiate Player of the Year Award for a reason. And when it comes to some updates of some of our friends that we've been seeing on the show this season and even before – our guests from last week, Tony Rico and Holly Pierce, the co-founders of the Range Pitching Academy, also coaches of the Firecrackers travel ball team. They finished third at the Alliance Fast Pitch Championship Series. In addition to that, Kat Osterman, we've talked about this before, director of pitching performance for Bombers Fast Pitch. They actually finished runner-up at the Alliance Championship Series. So back-to-back years in the Champ Series for them. Something that I thought was cool that Holly shared, Kat shared about both programs afterwards were the fact that there were good people and that there were good parents. I think those are two very important ingredients to success, especially at the travel ball level because it's so developmental. Another friend, in addition, has a secret that has just come out. So If you listened last week, you know there was some news about Firecracker alum Ashley Hansen. She now has been able to announce that she's being inducted into the Stanford Athletics Hall of Fame. So she's a close friend of mine, a teammate that we were in the same class at Stanford, and she is now part of the all-female class for the 50th anniversary of Title IX that is going to be inducted into Stanford. Other classmates that are also included that I actually had a chance to know during my time, and so did Ashley, Neka Ogwumike from Women's Basketball, Kristen Press, also a year ahead of us from the women's soccer team. And then actually Tara Vanderveer, who it's surprising that she wasn't already in the hall of fame somehow, but she's a part of this class as well. So super, super impressive and really proud of all of them for what they've accomplished. Someone else who felt like a friend to many was Vin Scully, the legendary broadcasting voice of the Dodgers for over 70 years. That is hard to fathom. Some people don't even live that long, but he did this for 70 years. And the news just broke that he passed away at 94 years old. And as a broadcaster, I think it's safe to say pretty much any broadcaster would say he's who you wanted to be. He is just the best storyteller. And he was a joy to listen to just as much as the game itself, which is hard to do. But somehow he did it. And as a native of Southern California, you know, he was the voice of L.A. His voice just echoed in households all over. And there are actually a couple other Stanford softball alums and guests of the show that we had earlier this season who I thought put it really well. And Ramona Shelburne, as you guys know, big time ESPN reporter, she called him the voice of her childhood. And when her son asked her, you know, hey, mom, why are you crying? She explained that it was because mommy's friend passed away because that's how he felt to people in this area. And even Jessica Mendoza, too, again, pioneering woman in baseball broadcasting She's from my hometown. You remember her from earlier this season. She heard the news. She shared this while calling the Dodger game in the same booth that Vince Scully did his last MLB broadcast in. And it happened to also be the classic rivalry with the San Francisco Giants, who he also covered for a lifetime and was a fan of growing up. So a lot of ties and just a very poetic moment and circumstance. And as we always say, it's one of those things where the game knows there will never be another. And we can all only hope to bring that kind of joy to softball that Vin brought to baseball. And when it comes to pro softball, the first season of WPF is coming to an end. The last series is happening this week. You can watch at WproFastPitch.com stream live. Should be pretty exciting and it's history. It's, it's the first time ever, so it's super, super cool. Make sure you tune in. Meanwhile, it's the first week that we just completed of Athletes Unlimited. Week one already had a bunch of cool moments. It, it always does. It's what we expect at this point. But a few things I want to call out out of a million that we could. One is a couple of just awesome web, web gems. Nadia Taylor actually made Sports Center, which is pretty freaking cool, on a backhand line drive that she caught down the third baseline awesome. That's a hot corner for a reason. Nicole Mendez in the outfield. She had a diving catch on the run in left center field. That was pretty, pretty cool. And something that we just love to see. You know, I'm a defensive purist, so I'm always going to love those moments. In addition to that, though, in the box, Deja Molipola hit a home run 322 feet. That is unreal. A lot of college stadiums are around 220-ish in center field. That is over a hundred feet further than that. So when we're talking about power and I'm not surprised by someone coming out of Arizona, who frankly, from my day and even up till recently, some of the furthest hit balls I've ever seen have come out of the Wildcats, but that is just an incredible feat. And then in addition to that, Savannah Jake can rake. I, this isn't really news. It's more just, Hey guys, guess what? This is still happening because when athletes unlimited pitchers talk about going up against the best hitters in the world and you know not really being able to miss, she's the person and an example that I think of. She's AU's all-time home run leader, and just for context in terms of what that really means at this level, to break the NCAA career home run record, Jocelyn Allo had hit a home run every 2.2 games during her time at Oklahoma. Okay, now Savannah Jaquish is averaging a home run every 2.2 games. So just to put it in perspective as to what that accomplishment really is. And something that was interesting to me is D1 Softball called her the Mike Trout of AU. And Angels fans, kind of unfortunately, can relate because she racks up a ton of stat points. She's been in the top five the last two seasons, but she doesn't always get the win points to put her in the top four at the end. But could be different this year. We'll have to see how the rest of the season goes. Another person who was just made for Athletes Unlimited, it seems, is Carrie Eberly. She came in hot last year in the circle. She did finish in the top four, and she's starting strong this year, too. She's really an ace, but she made multiple relief appearances, has stacked up some great stats. Her ERA is basically non-existent, and she just keeps racking up the points to keep her as a captain for week two, along with Deja, Jake Wish, and Kelsey Harshman. So with all that being said, week two should be extremely fun, and someone who knows exactly what it's like to compete in AU is today's guest. So let's head into the interview. She is a Cal alum, Mountain West Pitcher of the Year at Fresno State, professional player with AUX, and Puerto Rican national team member, Hawaii's own Kamalani Dung. Kama, thank you for joining. I'm super (laughs) excited about this.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here and talk stories. I'm excited. (laughs) I
0: know. I'm super excited, too. And honestly, like, I know you were like, hey, is, that, is my audio okay? Like, am I all right? But like, I'm kind of really jealous of your background right now, knowing you're in Hawaii.
1: <laughs> yeah, right now I'm I'm in Koalina, which is on the west side of Oahu. This is where I was kind of born and raised a little bit further down in Waianae. But right now I'm in the off season living my best life. So if you guys hear any kids yelling or Hawaiian music in the background, just know that there's just a lot going on around me right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of like it. It's like... I'm getting a little bit of the Hawaiian vibes right now. So I'm a big fan.
1: Big fan of that. Hey, nice. All right, perfect. Next next step is you just gotta come and visit.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Oh my gosh, I would love to. I've actually only been to Hawaii once and it was my sophomore year, our opening weekend tournament we played at University of Hawaii. So I was thrilled. It was like the one and only time I had been. I was also like single at the time and it was Valentine's Day weekend. And I was like, amazing. Like would love to spend it this way. (laughs) Right. (laughs)
1: That's awesome. Yeah. So it looks like you have to run it back one more time around. Come back and visit. Let me know. (laughs) I really do.
0: I definitely will. if, If that if and when that happens, we'll say when that happens. I definitely will.
1: Yes. Speaking everything into existence. Positive. Exactly.
0: positive mindset. <laughs> Manifestation is real. We know this. <laughs> yes. Okay. But I actually, speaking of playing in Hawaii, obviously you grew up there, like you said, but I know your last game in Hawaii, at least in the college portion of your career, you pitched against Hawaii, you won, and you were in like Rainbow Wahine Stadium with Cal. And I actually saw like a post-game interview where you were super emotional about it and you're just so proud of your heritage and what you've been able to do. And I think that's really cool. And I would just kind of love to hear your thoughts about like what that experience was like.
1: Yeah, it, it was crazy. Um That was the first time I've ever been able to play in front of any of my family members. So that was already emotional because my whole family was there. And then if you're born and raised in Hawaii, we have this culture where Anybody who leaves the island for sports is pretty much the biggest deal ever. So it was so cool because the community came out. Everybody was just showing me so much love, so much aloha. And we had like lays on lays, like flower lays stacked on us. Everybody brought all kinds of snacks. And my whole team just had all of these donuts and all of this love coming from them. So it was like such a, such a fun experience. And then for my whole family to be there and for me to throw a perfect game, which is just you know, like perfect games, you you know, like that just that's I don't want to say luck, but it takes everybody doing their job, the umpires, everything just falling the right way for a perfect game to happen. So that was probably one of the coolest, by far coolest experiences of my life. And then now coming full circle of like playing professionally with Athletes Unlimited and then my second season with um, AUX um, and then finding out that I am Hawaii's first professional pitcher and kind of like leading the way and leading the charge when it comes to like softball on the big stage is it's just an honor to be a part of that.
0: That's exactly what I was about to ask you next, because I also saw because, yes, you played in AU's first season, which is really fun mm-hmm. to watch you play. And I remember seeing some of your guys's like TikToks and reels that you would make like back mm-hmm. <laughs> at yeah. the apartments you were staying at in the Shield, mm-hmm. which was fun. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was crazy. Being in COVID bubble, everybody having to uh, wear their mask. We had COVID tests like three times a week. That was an insane experience. But I feel like all 56 players who were there are bonded on another level for sure. Um, Just going through that and kind of just playing softball like that.
0: Of course. There's just nothing really like it. And even though it was such a weird time with everything going on in the world, Athletes Unlimited especially like that first season was such a bright light for the softball community just people who like sports just kind of in general because we didn't have a whole lot going on you know and like you guys mm-hmm. not only did we get to watch you but it was like we got to watch you guys kind of thrive at a whole new level as professionals and I think it was just even though there were definitely challenges of course like you said it mm-hmm. just was such a, an important moment I think for pro softball.
1: Yes, I, I'm so honored to be just part of like the history of softball. And I really do believe that this is like taking the sport to the next level. I have to say that playing in Athletes Unlimited is a different beast on its own, like mindset wise. It's, it's really a competitive series and it's a competitive league to be a part of. And, um, you know, like one one mishap can determine your points. And there's just a lot that go into it since you're focusing on more than just winning the game. So I think once everybody kind of gets past that and just knows that um, you're trying your best to perform like the league is like nobody can compare to the amount of coverage and the amazing media that it has, like they really set you up for success and they treat you well, pay you well. So I am a full like Athletes Unlimited advocate over here.
0: (laughs) As you should be, as you absolutely should be. I think that's fantastic. And it seems like you all kind of are like anyone I've talked to that's done AU in any way, shape or form is like, oh, my gosh, it's the best. I feel like a real professional. Everything about it is like almost made like people talk about like how it made them fall in love with softball again or even more so or however you want to say it, which I think that's special. You can't really like plan for that, you know.
1: Yeah. And and I know a lot of young girls will go through it, whether it be in high school, when they're younger, maybe even through college of like going through the mental, um, like there's just like some mental health things that can go on in softball. I mean, it's a sport of failure. So that's one thing that not a lot of people talk about while athletes are growing up. So when it comes to all of those things about like performance, and maybe once you get to the higher level of college and the pressures and trying to balance school and softball. And then once you graduate from college, there's a huge feeling of, wow, I just spent my whole 22 years of life doing this sport that I love. And then now it's like, am I supposed to just go and be like a, like a, go sit at a desk? Like what, what, how does that work? So that's where, that's where I was blessed to have the opportunity to go play Athletes Unlimited. And I'm thankful that Athletes Unlimited is giving more people opportunities to do that because I hope moving forward, we can take more athletes, more athletes. And then, you know, as the sport grows at the pro level, young girls will aspire to play pro and then hopefully training will get better. And, you know, like I hope that overall it just makes a better experience for everyone.
0: Absolutely. That's the goal at the end of the day, right? And uh, when you look though at your AU experience, like that first season, And then fast forward to your AUX experience that you just had, which by the way, you had a really busy summer between that and like the World Games and everything else you're doing, which we'll get to. That was crazy. (laughs) It was pretty insane. But Mm -hmm. how was that kind of, how was it different or how was it compared to that first experience with Athletes Unlimited?
1: That was a black and white difference experience. <laughs> like, yeah. like the, the first week, the first uh, experience I had with Athletes Unlimited was amazing, and it was the six weeks. And then I took a year off of softball to really just kind of reset, recenter, figure out my passions outside of the sport, and then also finish up a few projects that I had going on um, for like athletes growing up in Hawaii and whatever else. But, and then I decided, okay, I'm gonna come back to softball. I'm playing in the world games and I have these opportunities to play. And my family and friends were like, not everyone gets the opportunity to play pro. Like, at one day you're gonna not have the opportunity anymore. They're not gonna be calling your name. So maybe while you still have the opportunity, like, you should do it for. You know, like for us, you know, we put in all this work to see to see you reap something. And if you're just turning it down now, like, why did we put in all this time for to help you get to where you are? So this year of coming back to AUX was definitely something unexpected. I thought I was going to be done playing softball last year and hang them up this year. But um, it was good returning and then playing in AUX was kind of interesting because it was like a really short period of time. I think it was like two weeks and we had, I forget what it was. I think it was like more games than days or like something like that, you know? So, so it was, it was really intense. Like you, you didn't have time to practice. You didn't have time to think you didn't have time to like talk to anyone. Like it was like game day boom like now you're at another game and then you go to sleep and you wake up and you have another game so it was it was such a different experience than athletes unlimited where you actually get to play with your team practice a little get out the kinks get comfortable with each other this was like full send like all right game day tomorrow you barely know your teammates you guys didn't really talk about anything and just send it so I'd say that Athletes Unlimited is a little bit more performance based and AUX was a little more uh just where the chips fell like if you if you're, you were on a winning team then you finished high if you weren't that then you finished low cuz there's not enough games to kind of like even put your skills to the test at all so it was just whoever was hot and I think it was it was really fun and it was really cool to just see all my old friends and then make new relationships with some people like the Romeros and Rachel Garcia. Like those are all people that um, we've all played during the same time, but I never got a chance to meet personally. So it was cool to form those relationships for sure. Um, But yeah, comparing athletes unlimited and AUX is like two different, two different things, but I do like, I do like both.
0: (laughs) I mean, it seemed like, two very different things. I mean, obviously there's the basics of the points and like all that kind of stuff, you know, that's consistent, but it did seem like, I don't know, like it it was already challenging from, from my perspective, especially as a pitcher, right. You're pitching against all of these amazing, literally best in the world type hitters. Your catcher's changing constantly. Like it's not easy to do. So I'm always very impressed by that.
1: Yeah, it was a big, it was a big thing. Honestly, This is, like, just personal. I have no facts to back this up, but anyone who's pitching in the Athletes Unlimited franchise is built different, for sure, because that's just – it's especially AUX. Like, you really don't have time to sit down with a catcher and practice because, I mean, everyone's tired. Nobody really wants to go out and spend extra time, an extra two hours or hour, you know, like, focusing on your spin or whatever. It's pretty much, like – what you got you got and you kind of just have to roll with the punches and I learned a little bit too late that you you really just have to go at what's working that day like your best pitch mm-hmm. can be a curve but if your rise ball is what's working that day shucks guess we're throwing rise ball all day you know like we don't, <laughs> yeah. we don't we don't have it we don't have enough time to try and figure it out so um I think huge kudos I know I talked to a ton of the pitchers and a lot of people felt the same way of just like frustration trying to figure out their pitching and Um, just figuring it out, but I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it worked out, and everybody was able to come out in good spirits, and you know, and I can't wait to watch everyone continue to ball out at Athletes Unlimited right now. I personally could not do it. (laughs) After the summer I had of, like, back-to-back-to-back games and flying all over the world, I was like, I'll, I'll see you guys maybe next year, maybe. <laughs> yeah.
0: well, that's that's fair enough, right? There has to be mm-hmm. an off season at some point, <laughs> you know,
1: like mm-hmm. you're
0: you're not a robot, so that's fair yeah. enough. And to be fair, if my off season meant me being in Hawaii with my family and friends, i i that would look pretty good to me too. So
1: <laughs> I know, guys, it's a hard sell. It's really hard for me to come back and play sometimes, but you know, I love it. so. It's just a mix of both. Right now I'm getting the best of both worlds. So if I can find a good balance of being home, having my life here and then finding the time to still play pro ball and play ball, I mean, that would be the dream for sure.
0: Yeah, of course. And it's great that those opportunities are even there. Like, like you said, your family and friends said like, Hey, there are opportunities here. You know, it's like that is huge in itself that you, you have Mm -hmm. that option, which is awesome.
1: Yeah. I'm thankful for sure. And I, I just hope that in the future more, more opportunities go to more girls so i i'm glad that athletes unlimited is doing so well i hope they continue to grow maybe year-round maybe more teams and then i mean wpf is something that i saw starting to pop up so we'll see what they do there uh, i know like the individual franchise is a little hard when it comes to softball with the npf and stuff trying that model but i'm i mean we're all rooting on just softball in general to succeed so hopefully they can find a way
0: 100% absolutely agree with that. And actually, speaking of the WPF, I, I mean, you had mentioned firstly how you were like, wow, yeah, I started thinking about the fact that I'm like the first professional pitcher truly from Hawaii, like at this level. And I remember seeing one of your tweets where you were being interviewed during the AUX, like Media Day stuff and all of that. And you were asked that and you were just super emotional about it, which is understandable. It's a really big deal. And then you have in WPF, like as you're doing AUX and all this stuff is going on, you have someone like Jocelyn Allo, who obviously everybody's been following throughout like all of her record-breaking moments and things throughout this past season. But I've seen you guys kind of interact and have a bit mm-hmm. of a bond, both having that Hawaiian heritage and being very proud of it. What's your relationship with her like?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm so proud of Jossie and everything she's doing. Me, I don't know what our parents did, but it worked because me and her go as far back as possible i mean we everywhere that i traveled her everywhere that me and my father traveled she, her and her dad also came so it was like every team that we were on we were on together we were kind of moving as like a little pack of four um just through all these different experiences like all of our family supporting us my mom and stuff and we would go up to the mainland and it's so funny though just like we always talk about these stories every now and then of like The fact that we had, like, broken down cars, we lived in apartments with no furnitures, we all slept on air mattresses, like, Jocelyn's dad snores so loud, everyone. Put that in, (laughs) put that on the notes. Like, I can't even, like, I just crack up at all the memories that we have together, and it's just so cool. Um, She was always, like, a little bit behind me, like, in, in age, so... Uh, she would be on like the baby Batbusters team, and then like slowly, once I got recruited, um, my thing was my my family wasn't the type to be like, we're gonna spend ten thousand dollars every summer and we're gonna do this for you. Like I, I really had to figure it out um, a different way. So uh, once I once I was committed, then I would probably go up for like one tournament here and there, or you know guest appearance on different teams. But I mean the commitment that her and her dad had are like next to none for sure so i'm just so proud of her i feel like everything happens on like god's timing and god's plan so it's just it was meant to be her and i'm so i'm just so excited and then you know like this sparks a ton of athletes in hawaii wanting to do the same thing and then also just athletes around the nation and i'm just yeah only only the most amazing things to say about joss me and her go way back she's like my baby sister for life for sure (laughs)
0: I feel like I saw you guys saying that like on social media, like, thanks, big sis. Thanks. Thanks, baby sis. You know, and I I just think that's so cool because like you said, you it's a big deal. Someone from Hawaii going to play big time sports like on the mainland, et cetera, like that, that's a big deal. And you said it like the example that you've both set. For other athletes in Hawaii who want to do that and then also by the way how cool is it that you guys had these amazing moments in Hawaii during your college careers where it's like you're throwing a perfect game mm-hmm. she breaks the home run record in Hawaii yes. right like that is so poetic that you both had both.
1: that. Yes both circle I totally texted her too I think it was like a weekend before they were in Hawaii and I was like don't you dare break it this weekend you better wait till you're in Hawaii. It's like you do not hit a home run this weekend Just save it for next weekend. So but that's yeah, just that like just meant to amazing. be amazing. Yeah. yeah
0: that's, like that's like fate.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like and you can't even try to like write that story any better. That's uh, just amazing. So that's why I'm so stoked of like all the girls who kind of like led the way before us of like trying to figure it out slowly by slowly. And then me really breaking through that barrier of like, figuring out a plan that works and then passing the torch to Joss and then from there you know that torch is just hopefully just going to light a huge fire of like athletes coming out of Hawaii and you know personally I I come from a background of really humble beginnings so when it, when it comes to all the places I've been able to travel and all the things that are available to me now through softball whether it be from going to college and now I have these other opportunities or softball and I have these like partnerships and sponsorships or just world experience of traveling and cultures and learning cultures like I really just am thankful and I hope that my my whole goal is to just give back so my goal while I'm home is to try and just set up a foundation for other athletes like maybe the next little Kamadung out there who might just need a little push or redirection in the right direction or you know um and then hopefully they can get to where they need to be and just have an amazing experience like I've had through softball which is why I like oh the sport everything for sure
0: that's incredible it's just incredible because that's really what it's all about right and you even said it you're like I kind of want to do this for my family and friends like to give back to pay it forward to to do all that stuff even if you're like man yeah I for myself if it was just me maybe maybe I would have been done playing but there's such a bigger picture there that I think is mm-hmm. always something that right like you can tap back into um, whenever you need that mm-hmm. extra like drive and motivation which is awesome yeah
1: yeah it's a major why of mine right now and I I really started putting together like organizations here in Hawaii I started at the hashtag for the 99 since my number is 99 it really comes full circle too of just like playing for the 99% that may not have had the opportunities that I got because that was definitely me. Like I was never the biggest, strongest, like someone's gonna look at scrawny little me growing up and say like, yeah, you're the one, like you're the chosen one. Like nobody would have said that. Literally everyone said that I wasn't, it wasn't me actually. Everyone's like, why would it be you? No, like they're like, cool, you throw hard, but like mm, you're too small kind of thing, you know? So I think when it comes from like humble beginnings, playing for the 99%, that was me. And now I'm, I'm part of the, the, the top 1% that got to go to college and then play professionally. And I think it's just my job to kind of show the 99, playing for the 99, of just like, hey, you guys could do this. You guys got this. Like, work really hard. Try your best. There's people, amazing people out here. There's me. There's people like you. Like, there's resources and people trying to give you education and kind of just, you know, supporting the sport. We're, we're growing it for you. Like, just... Just keep working and trust the process. And when you get here, it's like we'll just be behind the scenes like clinking champagne glasses, like we did that, you know. Like
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. But but you know, this makes me so happy for so many reasons. Um, but one of them is like a little bit of relatability. So I've seen you talk about for the nine nine before and I thought that was outstanding. Because I'll tell you, like, I'm a first generation college graduate, you know, nobody, my parents didn't like play a sport collegiately, they didn't get a bachelor's degree, you know, so like, for me, I felt similarly to where I'm like, I'm not necessarily like set up to be in this 1%. But like, if you dedicate yourself, and and if people are willing to help you, because obviously, help, and it's a village, it's all true, mm-hmm. is important. Totally. So that when I first saw you talking about that, I was like, yes, that's it.
1: Yeah, that's that's my whole thing is just right now I'm in a huge, like huge give back phase of just extreme thankfulness for everything I have. And then now my life, I'm, I'm really starting to get the groove of like playing ball, being home in Hawaii for the first time in so long and really just trying to figure out like where, where the little spaces I can try to help people and help athletes are. And that's yeah, I feel like that's totally my calling right now. Like just just like you said, like first generation college student. Me too. Um, so I think it, it's so much bigger than softball, and a lot of people won't really realize it. But I think that there's so many people that fall through the cracks. A ton of my friends that I think they had potential to do amazing things, but may not have had the opportunity, may not have had a parent that pushed them, you know, just missing yeah. some, just one little thing, one little push in the right direction. So if I can find these kids, give them the opportunity and, you know, one day maybe they can be a first co- generation college student too, then that is me doing my job and I'll be able to sleep so good at night, you know?
0: <laughs> yes. Well, and you said it earlier too, softball is like not cheap. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a little mm-hmm. bit expensive for families mm-hmm. to like invest in growing up through the travel ball and everything. And like you said, depending on where you live too there might be a lot of travel even on top of like normal travel ball just to get wherever the games are happening or the tournaments are like it is there's a lot that goes into it so the more help that there is for people to like take away those barriers to being able to do it like that is exactly the right type of work to be doing
1: exactly yeah I mean I I've had to work day in and day out to get to where I am so I'm hoping that the next generation doesn't have to kind of like get lucky in these certain areas of like, Oh, this person wants to help me or, Oh, I'm doing this wrong, but they told me the right thing to do. Or, uh, having, you know, Batbusters like sponsor, like me being up there in the mainland with them, you know, just all of these little things. So it's, it's all coming together slowly, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's been such a good ride and I'm just thankful for my college career, which was so fun at Cal and Fresno. And then, playing professionally and then now with puerto rico like that's still a beast in itself so
0: (laughs) well yeah the world games i mean that was a cool opportunity though right like for it to be it was in the states so you know you're it's like somewhat familiar in that way but just having those kind of eyeballs on international softball when and it doesn't just have to be the olympics you know like getting i got to watch like cbs and i could watch all your games you know what i mean it was like awesome yeah
1: yeah, it was really cool and um out of all the sports there, I'm pretty sure softball had the biggest turnout for a game and I think it was uh around 10,000 or maybe a little bit over 10,000 people for one game. So I, I thought right. that was so awesome and I I just hope that in the future that we can just continue to just keep growing the sport because it was really cool. The sport that we uh the field that we played on was the Hoover Met Stadium and it was massive like it was a it was a beautiful baseball stadium that they transferred to a softball stadium so it was really cool seeing the fans fill out the whole place and I I genuinely believe that if we build it they'll come like I I know that in in the next 10 years or so that's how the sport of soft that's the route that softball is going on you know like really filling out these stadiums and um, just getting this exposure because I, I feel like the fans are ready the fans are there it's kind of just putting together these these tournaments and these stadiums and these leagues that they know are there, and then I think slowly they're going to just flood in, you know?
0: You are completely right, or at least I think so. <laughs> we,
1: I agree, are we biased? So,
0: yeah, we're a little bit biased, <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> But you're right. At the same time, there are like some of the numbers to back it up. You're right. Softball did have the biggest turnout, like biggest crowd at the World Games. Like
1: the Mm -hmm. numbers
0: for like the World Series viewership are higher than the men's. You know, like there are things to back it up. Of course, we're biased, but we have a little something to stand
1: on. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's why like playing in the World Games was so cool, Um, especially getting to see like all Monica Abbott and those guys in action um on usa turf which was really cool and then you know it just gets so competitive at at the um international level and especially at tournaments like those because i mean japan comes out and they're with their fancy like hops when the ball is coming and they all go to a certain degree of like where they're supposed to be standing on a certain hit or like pitch i'm just like this is insane like you guys are (laughs) spotless it's ridiculous so it's yeah that that tournament was a really a really competitive one and it's really cool to see everybody kind of going through that rebuilding phase after the olympics so i know that puerto rico personally we didn't have our whole team there um but i still think that we we did a pretty good showing i think we could have got third um if a few things landed our way but fifth in the world isn't too bad to complain about right now it's not a bad spot
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's not not I mean,
1: not casual for sure. <laughs> but, not, not a nothing to complain about yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. And honestly, it, it's you know, obviously with yes, of course, people were watching US and Japan and the gold medal game and all that good stuff, but I've had some other folks from the Puerto Rican national team, or at least who have competed with the team in the past. Like Megan King came on the show and she was talking all about her experience. Um, and how amazing it was. And it just seems to me, you said it, like there are definitely different cultures uh, in general for softball, but especially for international softball. But it seems to me like there's just something special about the Puerto Rican team. Like, you know, you've had so many amazing people that you've played with in that space. And I don't know, what do you think it is about it?
1: I don't know what it is about the team, whether it's like we have a chip on our shoulder to perform, Um, but it's I think it's a mixture of being blessed to play with this all-star team like it's like we literally threw an all-star team together when we have our whole pitching staff it was me Taryn Avello uh, Lili Ocasio Megan King and and then we had G Juarez one summer so that was like we were unstoppable as a pitching staff I'm pretty sure that was the summer that we won gold it was just like if if one person was having a hard time, you could literally throw anyone in. It was so fun. And I, I don't know if it's a mixture of just being on the, such a high-level performing team of everybody's so competitive, so there to win, and everybody's so capable of doing damage. Like Carson Gordon just hitting home runs every single time we need one, one is just – I can just sit back and relax. Like if I if we're down in the bottom of the seven and Carson or Carla are up, I just know for a fact we're gonna win because they're just magical. You know, they just got that they just got that it factor, and then, and then a mixture of you know really representing Puerto Rico. I think Puerto Rico is really similar to Hawaii and having this this amazing culture, and pride for who they are and their their, their islands. So representing them makes them like makes everything mean way more than you know even even representing usa sometimes in my mind like i love america but it's just like how hard the puerto rican people go for their sports it's like that that's their thing like they're just like so passionate and if we win and when we come there they'll throw like all of these big gatherings and just treat us amazing so I think it's us knowing that they may not have as much to offer. We may not have as many shiny things. Um, But in terms of support and love and, like, heart, it's just unbeatable. It's, it's It's definitely different from college, professional, anything. Like, playing for the Puerto Rican national team is by far one of my most favorite experiences ever, for sure.
0: Well, it seems like all of the things that are the most important that you can't put, like, a price tag on, you Mm. have, you know? It's like those are those intangible things where it's like, you take that over. I mean, of course, you need, like, resources to play and all that kind of stuff, but, like, you take Mm -hmm. that any day over, like, the other shiny stuff. You want the real stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that playing at the World Games was awesome and coming back and representing, and everyone was so stoked, all the puerto rican community so i know that we have a ton of big tournaments coming up we have one in guatemala in november and then i know next year they mentioned central american games and pan american games happening because it got pushed together because of covid um so two huge tournaments we medaled at both um the last time around so big expectations there to try and get two more medals this upcoming year And then I know that they mentioned something about world championships being in Europe. So, I mean, Guatemala, Europe, Chile, El Salvador, like these are all the places that are just potentially on the on the travel list for the upcoming year, which is just absolutely insane. So that's always fun.
0: It is insane, but a good a good type of insane because I saw that that you. Yeah. And I saw that you were like, yep, um, I'm going to be playing at all of these different tournaments, like, coming up next year. So that was going to be my next thing, which is, like, you said, like, you thought you maybe would have been retired. But here you Mm -hmm. are, like, already planning for 2023.
1: (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's just one of those things you can't let go of. Like, you get a little taste of playing again and striking someone out, and you're just like, gosh, I miss this so much. And then representing Puerto Rico and stuff, so – yeah, I said that I was probably going to retire last year, but, you know, we played this year, and then we already have plans for next year. So, you know, I got to give it to the Puerto Rican national team coaches. They're really persistent also. They're like, we need you guys here. So <laughs> they they make you really want to come out and play and be there for the team. So, yeah, there's a potential that I'm going to be at majority of those tournaments. Well,
0: and, I'm selfishly, I yeah. hope so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, it would be it'll be really fun. I'll document everything and send you lots of lots of pictures.
0: <laughs> yes, please do. Oh, I, I can't wait. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah,
1: so it, it'll it'll be good. And I'm not sure if next year might be my last year to hang them up because I coming out of my senior year, I did have a few injuries in my neck and then my spine, so pitching has gotten a little harder for me which is why every day I just wake up and envy hitters because it's just like gosh if only I could be you <laughs> like that's why true. would I pick but be a pitcher like sheesh this is a this is a lot like you get you get the glory but you also like it's just it's hard when you once your arm starts to give out then you're that's yeah. all I needed to bring to the game so um, I'm not too sure how much longer my body's gonna be able to hold out so I'm thinking maybe after I collect two medals next year, would it be a good time to, to hang them up for a bit? Might come out of retirement for 2028. That's what I'm hearing. Yes.
0: Yes. I was going to ask you that too. I love that. I hope so.
1: <laughs> There's no way. Were you really going to ask that? I mean.
0: 2028,
1: I, I, that's so far. <laughs> I know it's far,
0: but you never know, right? Like who would have thought that you would have done everything that you've done to this point, right? So you never know. 2028, you never that's know. That's
1: true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, maybe I'll have, like, a baby or something, but I can come, I can pull a Danielle Laurie really quick and come out Yeah, of
0: <laughs> right? Danielle, Kat Osterman, hey, it's, it's possible.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I know that, I know that there's such a, like, a little gut-wrenching feeling for everyone on the Puerto Rican national team of of when we went to the qualifier. I mean, everyone thought that it was going to be us, including, like, the WBSC. Like, I'm pretty sure that people had T-shirts printed already saying that we were going to the Olympics. But um, considering that we didn't end up going, I feel like everyone on that team has, like... I think if someone were to convince us, well, I I think a good amount of us would be able to come back and really just try to, like, stick it to everyone and just... (laughs) gain our rightful spot
0: <laughs> yeah man everyone likes to come back you know what I'm saying
1: mm-hmm. so yeah so but you know uh, yeah we'll see yeah
0: I mean well I feel like we'll see right I, I'm like a never say never type person not that I'm trying to force you to be that way but but I feel like you you kind of have that personality too where it's like you know you also have to just see where life goes
1: exactly yeah that's that's what's gotten me to this point so yeah. I think it's just a mixture of you know working hard, staying ready so you don't have to get ready. So hmm. that's it. That's mm-hmm. exactly that key, right. That's the key, kids, right there. <laughs> <laughs> Stay ready so you never have to get ready. Um, but yeah, so I think that it's just uh, coming. It's it's winding down. It might be next year ending, um, but like you said, we never know about twenty twenty eight.
0: Never know. Heard it here first, everyone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Really fun to have Kama on the show and just hear about her unique experiences. And honestly, this is just the tip of the iceberg. We will get deeper into it in part two next week. There was no way this could have just been one. So I'm super excited for you guys to hear that too. And with that, let's transition to the foul tip of the week. This week's foul tip is about the 99%. So this is obviously inspired by what Kama said about how she plays for the 99%. It's a group that she felt she identified with because the way she says it, the 1% might be naturally bigger, faster, stronger, and they might have some of the odds in their favor, but people can make that jump from the 99% to the 1% if you commit, if you work hard, and if you stay open to opportunity like she did. It's really only 1% of players that make it to the elite collegiate level, for example, and then it's just less and less as people filter out and move on to pro softball and the international ranks, et cetera. But just because you might be born with what seems like 1% qualities on paper, that doesn't mean you're guaranteed to make it into the 1% of athletes and how far you can go in your career. At the same time, that also means that just because you're born in what seems like the 99% doesn't mean that you're guaranteed not to make it to the 1%. We've talked about before on the show how important belief is and betting on yourself and how that factors into this, and that really does mean capitalizing on your strengths. Last week, Holly Pierce said it, it's about winning with what you have. Kelly I has said it, operate within your strength zone. When we do this, like Kama has and continues to do, you never know what incredible things could be waiting for you, and actually, we have the power to shape that. Can't control everything, but you can shape things. And it reminds me, actually, if any of you have seen the movie A Knight's Tale. Heath Ledger's character is basically a peasant in medieval times who wants to compete in jousting, which is a sport only dedicated to the nobility, or basically those born in the 1%. And his mantra throughout the movie is that a man can change his stars. And that's what gets him ultimately knighted and becoming the best jouster and all the great things happen. And I just have to say, we can change our stars too. So that's it. Don't sleep on the 99%. That's the foul tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball, part of the Believe Network and presented by Online. The show is available anywhere you get your podcasts, wherever you listen, including Believe.com. And you can watch the videos on YouTube too. Subscribe, rate, and if you liked it, write a review for the show. Appreciate your support. Always want to know what you think. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Believe in Softball. Again, that's B L E A V. You can always reach out to me on Twitter at JennaBacera01 and Instagram at JennaBacera as well. As always, thank you for tuning in and catch you soon.